Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Since we are a couple months into 2023, let's talk about another movie that came out in, let's just say, 2022. Hmm, what film I should talk about? How about the uh, most recent film from 2022 in animation? And uh, that film would be one of the films to uh, close off 2022. So what film would it be? Well, how about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? Well, if you thought Shrek was over after Sh- after Shrek 4 or even after the Puss in Boots uh, film that came out in 2011, well, think again because uh, DreamWorks has been uh, debating about a possible fifth Shrek film and a possible Puss in Boots sequel. And thankfully, that came true, although that took a long time to follow. But anyway, Puss in Boots The Last Wish is a 2022 American computer animated adventure film produced by DreamWorks Animation while being distributed by Universal Pictures. The sequel is a spin-off to the first Puss in Boots film that came out in 2011 and the sixth overall installment of the Shrek franchise. But the film... Being directed by Joe Crawford. The film, once again, stars Antonio Banderas as the title character, Pusa Boots, who uh, pairs up with Kitty Softpaws, being played by Sama Hayek. A- and as they are joined by other other actors, such as Harvey Galeen, Florence Pugh, Olivia Coleman, Ray Winstone, Samson Kayo, John Mulaney, Wagner Mora, Davine Joy Randolph, and Anthony Mandis who voiced new characters introduced in the film. Pusa Boots, The Last Wish, is set after the events of Shrek Forever After, with the, with the film following the adventures of Pusa Boots as he journeys to find the mystical last wish for the wishing star by teaming up with Kitty Softpaws, including a uh, dog named Perito, to restore the first eight of his nine lives by wishing on the mystical last wishing star. They also had to race against Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And of course, Big Jack Horner, who all desire to star. Plus, Puss in Boots also must avoid a mysterious hooded wolf who plots to kill him. So basically, that is basically the plot of the film. I will also break down the film as well. So, big spoilers ahead, folks. For those of you who have not seen Puss in Boots The Last Wish, big spoilers ahead. So... Anyway, uh, before I break down the film, I just want to give in my my uh, background on the Shrek franchise, including Puss in Boots. Now, um, I grew up watching the very first Shrek film. I saw the first film on video cassette when I was very little. I believe I was in kindergarten at the time when I first saw the first Shrek film. That film came out in 2001. To which I was, um, I was a little kid, little baby boy, three years old. But it wasn't until I got into elementary school when I, wa- when I watched a Shrek for the very first time. Now, um, now for the other films, I saw Shrek's two through four in theaters, and those those were some very, those were fun films. I loved those films. They were they were a lot they were a lot of fun to watch and entertaining as well. I know the uh, I know Shrek's three and four weren't weren't as uh, critically acclaimed as the first two Shrek films, but the, they were they were fun. Those films were a lot of were, were fun and entertaining films to watch, including the Puss in Boots spinoff. The, the Puss in Boots spinoff. I mean, I wasn't really expecting, but sometimes you gotta like. But sometimes uh, sometimes a side character does have. A story that needs to be told, and Puss in Boots is one of them because Puss in Boots is is also a uh, 
it is one of those popular fairy tales too, which Pussy Boots had his own story as well, which is basically in in a fairy tale book while also being a while also serving as the inspiration for the very first Pussy Boots film that came out in two thousand eleven, and uh, also as a side note, the very first Shrek film won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film, and Best Animated Feature Film was not a thing at the t- was not a thing at the time. It became a thing in in two thousand two when the Academy Awards decided to put in a Best Animated Feature category for uh, animated films that came out. Because there are definitely some animated films that were very good, and and it definitely deserves the recognition it deserves. And uh, in two thousand two. There were three animated films that were nominated for Best Animated Feature Film, which was Shrek, Monsters, Inc., and Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. But the film that won it was Shrek. Shrek became the first animated feature film to win Best Animated Feature, while also marking it as the first ever DreamWorks animated film to win the Oscar. And that is that is a milestone right there. That is That is like... That that's a milestone right there, or should I say, hit like history be written. Like Shrek became the first, became the first animated feature film to win best animated feature film, for at the Oscars. So that is definitely something, to uh, something to talk about. Now years later, we now years later we got um, we got a Puss in Boots sequel, and uh, then the sequel takes place after the events of Shrek Forever After, while also serving as a sequel to the very first Puss in Boots film. So, so anyway, anyway and just to let you know, this film, uh, this film, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, was in development for a while. It was, it was, it was brought up sometime in the early 2010s, particularly in November of 2012, where Guillermo del Toro who was the executive producer on the first film, shared with director Chris Miller his intentions to um, take the character of Puss Boots on an adventure to a very exotic lo- location. And there were a couple of drafts for the screenplay that were actually brought up. And uh, and, one of, and one of the screenplays had a title, which was basically Puss Boots 2, Nine Lives, and 40 Thieves. Now that sounds like an interesting title. Now... Nine lives. You get it's pretty obvious because a cat has nine lives, because uh, Pusa Boots, who's a cat, has nine lives, and the forty thieves part. I don't know where the forty thieves came from, but I don't know where, where I don't know where that came from. But I got a feeling it had to do something with Pusa Boots going up against forty thieves. So that's pro- that was probably something. But until then, the script. Went through uh, went through multiple rewrites for a while, while also DreamWorks was going through a reconstruction of their own studio at that time, and uh, there was also rumors that Shrek could possibly appear in a Pussy Boots sequel. Now, now it wasn't until um, now it wasn't until November of 2018 where uh, Chris Melandandri, who is the founder and CEO of Illuminations very well known for the Despicable Me films, he was brought on board as executive producer for both Shrek 5 and Pussy Boots. Now, um, now just to throw this out there as well, Shrek 5 was also rumored to, to start production, but that film is still in development. They've been talking, the, the filmmakers and producers have been talking about Shrek 5. They're saying, we're going to get this film started. Oh, wait, no, the film is still on hold. So will we ever get a Shrek 5? We don't know. I mean, there could be a possibility of that. But I will get to more about Shrek. But I will get to more about Shrek Five at at the end of at the end of this at the end of this episode because there there is a scene there what there is a scene at the very end of the film that where Puss and Boots goes on another adventure and I will get to and I will get to that get to that once I finish finish this breakdown of the film. Now going back to the background of the of the, of the film, Puss and Boots: The Last Wish. Joe Crawford uh, was brought on board to direct uh, the Puss Boots sequel, having to direct another DreamWorks film before that, The The Croods, A New Age, although Joe Crawford wasn't the original director. 
it was Bob Perchetti who, who was set to direct the film, who is very well known for directing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which has some, which has a beautiful animation, Co- a comic book-like animation for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was a very amazing film, by the way. Now, um, now the animation, animation for Puss in Boots, the animation that was actually used in Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, very similar to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And 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 of course, and of, co- and of course, the writing for this film, the writings also took inspirations from other um, from other other uh, other films, more particularly spaghetti western films, due to how those films managed to balance between different tones, particularly the good, the bad, the ugly, which was cited as a particular influence on the film's plot. Plus, inspiration was also drawn from other fairy tales such as the Brothers Grimm. Because the Brothers Grimm were very well known for for writing fairy tales in a much more um, in a much more dark dark way, although they were cautionary tales that took you somewhere dark to make you appreciate the light. And and, and yeah, they're basically so. Now, despite the film going through uh, through a long production, it was well worth the wait because Puss and Boots the last the last wish became became a huge success and it really and it really was it really was because because um, the vis- because not only the visual style of the film well, it was great which resembles storybook il- illustrations while also taking like taking taking a good style taking a good style particularly with spider-man into the spider-verse and the other dreamworks film the bad guys it really does. It really does serve as a as a critically and commercial film that is very successful. The film grossed over three hundred and ninety four million dollars on a budget of ninety million dollars. Now that's that is definitely something right there. Plus, it was not is nominated for best animated feature film animated feature film at the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes. Now I don't know if that film is going to win, but we'll definitely have to see. Now with that out of the way. Let's break down the film. So anyway, as I mentioned, huge spoilers, huge spoilers ahead. So spoiler alert for those who have not seen the film. Okay, let's let's get into it. So after the events of the first uh, Puss in Boots film, while while also following along with the events of Shrek Forever After, Puss in Boots, voiced by Antonio Banderas, hosts a party in the governor's mansion when he awakens an earthen earthen giant who attacks them and this uh, this giant this earthen giant does have a has a bit of a hearing problem too because uh because it, it got me to think about uh beowulf a bit because for those of you who have seen beowulf it's a for those of you who have seen beowulf will probably know what i'm talking about but for those who have not um it's a it's a motion capture animated film directed by Robert Zemeckis, and there was like a scene where it featured a character, a giant character who has a who has a hearing problem too, who has who has problems with hearing sensitivity. So that kind of got that kind of got me connected to it. So that's like a little bit of an Easter egg. Although some may say it may be like a God of War thing, so I kind of get that as well. But moving for but moving forward. Puss in Boots manages to subdue the giant by giving him a, what, how would I say this? A Spanish splinter. Yep, Puss in Boots subdues the giant by giving him a Spanish splinter. By the way, remember that. The, Span- the Spanish splinter comes back later. And of course, Puss in Boots uses a giant, giant bell to, uh, to subdue the giant as well. And of course... Once Puss and Boots was done defeating the giant, he want he he um basically you know he fa- basically he um he he shows off to the crowd, asks and says, "Let's do one more song, saying the legend will never die." But somehow Puss and Boots dies. Puss and Boots Puss and Boots dies by getting by getting crushed by a giant bell. So then he wakes up at a doctor's office and he is informed by a doctor that he has only. That he only has one life left. Pusa Boost doesn't believe does not uh, doesn't believe this at first, but the doctor asks, How many times have you have you died? And of course and and of course and of course there is flashbacks of Pusa Boots dying eight times. 
The first one, he gets gored by a bunch of bulls during the running of the bulls. He gets mauled by do by several dogs in a poker game. He falls to his death on a on a tall, very tall building while being wasted on milk. And I, I do love this part when he when he's drunk. A cat always lands on his feet. What? He he falls like like hundreds of hundreds or thousands of feet from that building and dies. But what all we see is his um is his milk milk mug being being shattered. And and then of course and then of course so uh, we also see we also see Puss in Boots uh, trying to bench press with with big muscles that got a chuckle out of me, but somehow the somehow the 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 somehow the the way to land on top of Puss in Boots he also suffocates from a shellfish allergy which he he didn't care because he asked the waiter excuse me does this does this have shellfish in it and the waiter was like yes Puss in Boots was like Meh. He continues to eat it and dies, and then he gets exp he he blows himself up during a cannonball test, gets burned alive while baking uh, gingerbread cookies in front of the gingerbread man. By the way, Gingy has a cameo in this film, basically baking gingerbread cookies with the gingerbread man, Gingy, and then of course you got the bell falling on top of Pussy Boots. So then Pussy Boots is like, Whoa, what was that like a uh, four? And then the doctor's like, eight. That was eight. Remember I said, cats have nine lives. Pusaboos wasted eight of his lives already. And now he has one life left. So the doctor wa wants Pusaboos to retire immediately. However, Pusaboos do doesn't because, you know why. Because he is Pusaboos. So at one point, Pusaboos brushes it off by taking, you know, a fish, taking a fishbowl treat. He takes a whole bowl, by the way, and then decides to go to the bar. But the doctor warns him that, like, if, if the doctor, well, actually, he doesn't warn him. He he told tells Pusaboos to go, to go and retire and go see a cat lady named Mama Luna. Although, like I said, Pusaboos is Pusaboos. He he wants to reserve that one. He wants to reserve for himself, but also you need to know, like this is his last life. So Pussy Boots really needs to be careful with that. That's what the doctor is trying to say. You, if you don't want to waste your last life, you need to retire and go and go see this Mama Luna character because we later find out that Mama Luna is a cat lady, which you know kind of makes sense. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that pretty soon. So later on, Puss in Boots goes to, goes to a bar or a saloon and drinks. And during closing time, Puss in Boots meets a white wolf dressed in a black hood having a drink. The wolf, being voiced by Wagner Mora, asks for an autograph to have Puss's name signature on the wanted poster. And this wanted poster is basically, basically wanted so-and-so dead or alive. For some, something, something money. So basically, at one point, you you think that this wolf, you see this wolf as a bounty hunter. Which at one point, I I fell for that. I fell that that this bounty hunter is just this wolf is an actual bounty hunter. But I learned later on down the line, and I will get to this soon, that he is that he is more than that. So um, Puss and Boots. So Puss and Boots sees the wolf pointing at the poster. And just points it at the dead spot. He wants he wants Puss and Boots' name right next to dead. Can I get you autograph? I want it right here. He points it at the dead, and then and then Puss and Boots laughs. It's like Puss and Boots laughs in the face of death. I remember that that comes back later. By the way, so then Puss and Boots um, challenges the wolf to to a match. So he points out his sword and says, Fear me if you dare. But his sword gets knocked out of his hand by the wolf who has uh, these sickles. Like, you know those weird knives? Those weird curved knives? Those are basically uh, huge, huge. Uh, those are like huge sickles that he, ha that he has. And boy, that is just, that is just, that is a, that, those are like deadly weapons right there. 
and um, and then and then Poos tries to fight de- fight. Poos tries to fight the wolf, but the wolf is just you know the wolf is just tooling with him. He's like slow, fast, sloppy. <laughs> it's just like he knows Poos is no match for for this guy. And then uh, and then the wolf grabs Poos. Poos and says, "You're not living up to the legend." Anyway, uh, the wolf barely cuts Puss and Booze's head. He, he, there's a close-up shot where the where the blade of the sickle slices his uh, forehead, and then and then in a split second, there is blood. Uh, dr- there is blood sliding down on his forehead. Puss and Booze is surprised. He is he sees the blood, and then the and then the wolf was like, "What's the matter?" Lies flashing before your eyes. Puss is scared now. He is scared of this wolf because he has never met a match just like the wolf. He's never met a match before like like the wolf. Now, you can definitely argue that he has faced his fair share of, uh, of bad guys before. You could definitely say that. But in my opinion, a match uh, going up against the wolf who is like, who is basically well, a skillful fighter and bounty hunter? Like you can make the argument that he that Pussy Boots was no match for this guy for this for this bounty hunter at one point. And then we get flashbacks of uh, of Puss's memories, basically from the first film where he gets his boots from the first time from from his like adopted mother. We even get uh, to see. Puss dancing with Kitty Softpaws as a flashback, and of course, a blanket you miss it, uh, miss it, miss a cameo from Shrek and Donkey, which is obviously I'm pretty sure obviously obviously many people will probably see that the, the cameo right away in a flashback. You definitely see it right away, but it does go go by pretty quick because Puss and Boots's heart is beating and pounding like crazy. Puss is scared. And he is so scared, he runs away. He ex- he runs away and to Mama Luna because he know because because c- he knows that he's going to lose his last life to a wolf. You you know that's going to go down cra- that that's going to go down crazy right there. Of course, uh, of course, uh, Pusa Boots remembers the doctor's orders. He must retire immediately. Go go live with Mama Luna. To which he does. By the way, he leaves his sword behind at the bar, which means the wolf takes his sword. And of course, we do get a get a somewhat um, somewhat funny moment, sad and funny moment from Puss in Boots, where he builds his own grave to put his uniform in in the grave, does a little speech, and then you know surrender surrenders himself to Mama Luna because Mama Luna is the cat owner. And she brings Puss Pussaboos in and introduces introduces him to all the other cats and renames Puss and Boots Pickles, <laughs> which is, to be fair, let's just say it's pretty cute and funny. Also, uh, also you probably may have not may or may not notice you do see uh, cats with mittens on their paws, and I did not catch this, but it does does give out an easter egg of the you know the whole nursery rhyme three little kittens who lost their mittens you know they're that they're gonna eat pies although you don't see pies you see you see kittens with mittens so that's kind of like a little easter egg to the nursery rhyme a little bit so if you know what i'm saying poos is like poos so basically poos introduces himself well, well let's just say he's pickles now he says uh meow and then all the cats start hissing at, at him. And then there's one cat from the there's one cat that goes oh. So basically that cat that goes oh. That cat's from the very first Puss in Boots film. I'm actually I'm actually I'm actually glad they brought him back because that's a that's a nice callback to the first Puss in Boots film. You know, a little bit of continuity in there. And then Puss in Boots is like, what? What did I say? So then Puss in Boots endures his retirement at one point although he does try to be more like you know like the legend that he is he tries to make his own food make his own food but mama luna wants him to have the food you know the cat food where that is that is being 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 placed and then of course he tries to go he tries to go to the bathroom like a legend but no cats have a have this kitty later kitty later yeah you go go to the bathroom 
to, you could go to the bathroom for. So, yeah. So, and then uh, Puss in Boots is so, he gets depressed. Puss in Boots goes into a depression and grows a beard. And, uh, yeah, the beard part is pretty funny as well. And then Puss in Boots is basically, basically depressed. And he feels very, he feels down on himself because he has one life left. And he doesn't want to waste his last life. And of course, he meets a um, a dog named Perito. Perito the dog. And I will say this. Perito is probably one of my... Uh, Perito is probably... I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite characters, but he's definitely one of the funniest characters in this film. And it's just so cute and fun. It's just so cute and funny. Like, per Perito is probably one of, one of the few good characters in this in this film and Perito is a friendly and naive therapy dog who started out as one of Mama Luna's pet cats because he disguised himself as a cat so Perito tries to start a conversation with him Pussy Boots just neglects neglects it and of course at one moment at one moment they were they were, they were having multiple conversations at one point and and just to let everybody know this film was PG so just to let you know, this film's PG, and they do drop a few swear words in it, and Puss and Boots just lets out a swear word in this in in this scene. He he talks to Perito at one point, and then Puss and Boots is like, "What the hell are you talking about?" the The way how he said it, the way how he said hell, he it's never built up. They never build it up. He just drops it because like, Perito asks a question to Puss and Boots. And Pussy Boots is like, what the hell are you talking about? And Pussy Boots doesn't understand because he's in he he is depressed right now because he is no longer the legend that he is. So later on, there is a there is a crime family which is basically Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Goldilocks is being voiced by Florence Poog, who you may remember her playing uh, playing uh, pl playing pl you may remember her from uh, Black Widow. She's basically Black Widow's. Uh, sister in in the black widow film and of course uh hawkeye as well which is actually a pretty nice which is actually a pretty pretty nice uh casting choice because florence pugue um was one of the florence pugue does a very good job voicing goldilocks and at one point i didn't recognize her but then when it when it when it when it's Flor when i heard it was florence pugue i was like oh oh jiminy she's de she's definitely got some roles coming off She's definitely got some good roles coming up, and she's definitely a pretty good. Vo I will say this: she is a pretty good voice actress, in my opinion, voicing Goldilocks. So I guess I guess that's a plus. And and she's she's with the three bears. So basically, it's a crime family. Mama Bear is being voiced by Olivia Coleman. Papa Bear being voiced by uh, Ray Winstone, and of course, Baby Bear is being voiced by Samson Kale. And they're basically on the hunt for. Uh, Puss and Boots as well because they are they're looking they're want they're looking for a bounty on Puss and Boots. So you got the wolf and Goldilocks and the three bears going after Puss and Boots. So yeah, and then of course and then of course and then of course um and of course we jump back to um, we jump back to Mama Luna's place and Goldilocks and the three bears break down the door. Puss and Boots. The three bears threaten Mama Luna for the cats to attack. While Papa Bear plays uh, piano with Mama Luna inside, which is actually pretty funny—a bear playing piano. So after the fight, Goldilocks and the three bears find Puss's grave. They inadvertently reveal the, and then, and then at one point, here's the thing: at one point, they thought they almost got—they almost got Puss in Boots, but the only difference is was the beard and the glove and the gloves. And Goldilocks sees Puss in Boots with that beard and gloves, and it's like, "You are you kidding me?" Does that does that cat really look like Puss in Boots? I mean, it is Puss in Boots, but I gotta say that that was a that was a clever disguise, and I'm actually glad I'm actually glad Puss in Boots kept the beard for 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 a while. So then, uh, Goldilocks and the three three bears um, inadvertently reveal the existence of a wishing star to Puss, and that map. And, and and then they're they're on the hunt for a map. So basically, this gets Puss in Boots an idea to wish upon that star, to wish for his for his lives back. But of course, where is that map? How where's that map now? 
Well, it turns out that Map is at a pie factory and is in the hands of another fairy tale character, or should I say, character from Nursing Rhyme, and his name is Jack Horner. Jack Horner is being voiced by John Mulaney. Now, Jack Horner is a pastry chef of Horner Pies, which is basically which is basically like the company or factory that he's working at. But it turns out that he is also a crime lord. So we have uh, two crime lords and a bounty hunter. So that's basically, that's basically, uh, oh shoot, that's a lot of villains. That is a lot of villains. And and just to go off topic for a second, you just go off topic for a second. Uh, you have a, a a bounty hunter wolf, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and and Big Jack Horner. So it sounds like it it sounds like Logan to me. We, for those of you who have seen Logan, there are a lot of villains who want to go after uh, Wolverine and uh, and uh, and Logan's daughter X twenty X twenty three because some, somehow Logan's daughter was part of an exper was part of this experiment with other uh, childlike mutants and all the villains uh, where all the villains are going after after Logan and X twenty three including Charles Xavier. That's basically uh, that. That reminds me of that film because Puss in Boots, despite being a PG film, it does borrow some elements from from the third uh, Wolverine film, which is basically Logan. Logan Wolverine with Hugh Jackman. If you know you know what I'm saying, even though that film Logan is rated R, so <laughs> so yeah. But I'm actually surprised. I'm kind of getting that little bit of connection right there. So anyway, uh, Jack Horner wants the map for the Wishing Star. And he hires two two of his female co-workers to find the map, which they do. And it took a lot of kill, and it took a lot of killing to find that map. And then Jack is and Jack is furious because he because he doesn't want to be known as like a murderer. Because here's the thing, Jack Horner doesn't want to be referred to a killer because in the nursing rhyme he's a little good boy, but in this film he is not. He is a he is a big bad guy. <laughs> And then, and then Jack Horner actually kills one of one of the workers by giving giving one of the female co-workers the hand of my the hand of Midas, who actually kill who actually that actually kills one of the one of the, one of the co-workers into gold dust, and then also, and and then also there was a flashback of Jack Horner being a uh, good little boy at one point. But somehow he literally gets showed off by Pinocchio, because Pino because Pinocchio does his very own show by saying he's a he's a real boy. I got no strings attached, although he's still a puppet. But Pinocchio was way more was successful more than Jack little Jack Horner was, and Jack Horner was like, "That's impressive. I've been a boy boy the whole time." Smacks the pie out of his hand, and then Jack is and then Jack is like, "Little Jack Horner didn't have any magic." Now I'm big, Jack Horner. Yeah, yeah. He's he may be big. Jack Horner may be big, but he is also a big bad boy. So then, uh, Pusa Boost manages to get the map, only for Kitty Softballs to come out of that chest. Because uh, why not? Because we were having Kitty Softballs returns, and Kitty Softballs being voiced by Sama Hayek, and literally, and literally, the, the two start uh, argue, arguing with each other in a cat fight. It wasn't until uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears break off into uh, into another fight at Jack Horner's Pie Factory to get the map. Pusa Boost tries to escape, although his beard does get caught off in one of the mechanisms. And then he uses a stick that Perito gave to him, and he fights off the three. Two, he fights off two of the three bears because uh, I guess their weakness is a stick. I believe I don't know. It sounds ridiculous, but you know. But with Papa Bear, he points this, he touches Papa Bear with a stick, and Papa Bear was like, "You should have done that, mate." Yep, Pussy Boots is about to meet his demise, but not really because Papa Bear smacks Pussy Boots out of the factory to a carriage where Kitty Softpaws and Perito are driving, and they drive off, they drive out of town, and uh, the and the, and they had to get away from Jack Horner's uh, men, so um, Puss uses the gold from the carriage to block off the guards and everybody in the town w grabs onto the gold until Puss in Boots hears a whistle from uh, from the white wolf himself and and he gives out a creepy 
dead eye look. Like, he points his fingers in his eyes, and he does, like, this pointing eyes at you. But instead, his eyes are clear gold. Like, clear gold. Like, death. Like, and it is written as a very creepy moment out of that. So, so then, uh, Jack Horner assembles, Jack Horner assembles his men of the bake of the baker's dozen and takes a lot of fairy tale items from his shelf, stuffs it in a magic nanny bag, which is basically Mary Poppins' nanny bag. So, and the items that he puts in is basically you got a crystal ball, Merlin's magic hat. Unicorn unicorn horns, because uh, we found out that the unicorn horns actually explode into confetti. And then you got the Eat Me cookie from Alice in Wonderland. You also got the Noble Phoenix, which is basically uh, uh, the Phoenix from Harry Potter. A magic staff from uh, Onward, and among other things. By the way, th this, is, this, this is DreamWorks poking fun at Disney. Because the very first Shrek film also poked fun at Disney as well. So th this is basically... Disney properties that D DreamWorks is poking fun of, and of course, uh, Jack Horner leaves with his, with his baker's dozen and says this crazy quote from Wizard of Oz: "I'll get you, my kitties, and your little dog too." Basically, a quote unquote, quote unquote words from the, the Wizard of Oz, with the, where the Wicked Witch of the West says, "I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too." <laughs> you gotta get that quote. Yeah, that's the quote right there. Later on, um, Perito, Puss, and uh, Kitty Softpaws are going on an adventure to find the star, and they enter a dark forest. The trio find out that the whole dimension morphs into different landscapes depending on the wheel, depending on who wields the map, because somehow Puss and Kitty don't really don't get along with each other pretty well. So. Yeah, and their dimensions are pretty hellish, to say the least, for Kitty and Puss. But the the map changes into a tranquil and colorful forest for Perito, because somehow Perito it is a um, Perito is basically a very happy like dog. Yeah, because Perito is a happy dog. And of course, as as the as they transverse a path, as it, and of course, and of course, they go through this forest, which basically turns out to be a forest of man-eating uh, flowers and roses, while riding down a river. So, so anyway, we get a moment where uh, where Perito smells the flowers or smells the roses. Sometimes you gotta take your time and smell the roses. Puss and Kitty Softballs thought it was stupid, and. Uh, Kitty softballs almost drops another swear word, but he but Perito blocks it off because you know it's a PG film, so they almost dropped it. So anyway, they were able to smell the roses and they were and ride down river. Later on, uh, Goldilocks and the three bears are catching up, only for Jack Horner to knock them out with the sword of Excalibur. Jack and his baker's dozen are also fighting off the wild flowers. And it does give in some little shop of horror vibes, you know, you know the big giant piranha plant that says, "Feed me, Seymour, feed me, feed me, Seymour, I'm starving." <laughs> That's basically what's going on. But Jack Horner brings out a was supposed to be a magic locust, but it turns out it was Jiminy Cricket because we get to see Jiminy Cricket in this film, and then Jimmy Cricket was like. Oh, I'm not magic locusts. I'm basically your conscience. I just judge your actions. And then I find it funny that Jack Horner just says, I really did overpack. You sure did, because now you got a conscience to help you out. But apparently that it, 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 apparently it doesn't, really. <laughs> so Jack Horner decides to burn down the flowers by using the uh, noble phoenix as a flame flamethrower. And then Jimmy Crick was like, Oh my goodness. By the way, Jiminy Crick has got a bit of a Don Knotts, uh, Jimmy Stewart impression, by the way. As time, as time goes on, um, Poos and Boots are riding down the river. He Poos gets his beard shaved off by Kitty because, um, because, because uh, the beard started to irritate Poos and Boots more. And then he... Um, and then, he's, he, then he got rid of his stick, which Perito... He got rid of his stick, which Perito falls... Uh, Pussy Boots gets a little kitty blade, by the way. 
And then uh, Perito gets captured by Jack Horner in the process. Goldilocks and, and the three bears intervenes and a fight ensues. And, th- and then uh, and then Jack Horner uses his uh, his uh, cr- his crossbow with the unicorn horns, almost kills uh, Perito with it, but it but it deflects and it hits one of Jack Horner's men, and that unicorn horn e- explodes into confetti. And let's be honest. That is probably one of the more craziest weapons I have ever seen in that film from Jack Horner. Because as of now, Jack Horner's got a body count. He is—he may be—he you may think he's a good boy, but no, he is a psychopath in this film. Like he has a freaking body count. He's got a body count in that film. And of course, the fight continues until um, Pusaboos. Inter- inter- interferes with one of the cr- with one of the unicorn horns after it explodes on one of his men. He sees the white wolf again. He see he sees the white wolf again. His heart begins to beat, and Pus tries to. And then, like he knows he's gonna meet his demise. He runs off in fear, distracting Kitty and enabling Goldilocks to obtain the map. Bruce Bruce reveals to Perito what he and Kid and Kitty Softpaws were up to. He left her at the altar on their wedding day after experiencing fear for the first time, and still regrets it. So Kitty overheard over overheard the conversation and reveals that she never came to the altar either, feeling like she could never compete with someone who loves himself more than her. The two managed to reclaim the map from Goldie's uh, group, and. Uh, and of course, and of course, uh, they do they do this nice little uh, nice little dance for the first film, and I thought that was actually pretty cool because it dist- it literally because uh, it it literally knocked out the three bears by giving them three different bowls of porridges. Like baby bear got the cold porridge, mama bear got the hot porridge, and then the and then papa bear got the just right porridge. So that was that was pretty uh, that was a pretty nice reference to Goldilocks and the Three Bears story. So, but Perito gets captured, and we do get a funny moment with the bears, the Goldilocks three bears, and Perito, because uh, Perito insults all the all all four members of the family, saying in a in a in a bunch of in a bunch of insults, followed by bleeping swears, because you get to hear the bleep button multiple times in this film, and it definitely deserved that PG, by the way. And Papa Bear is just sitting like, <laughs> I like this puppy. <laughs> so, Puss and Boos is trapped in the, in, the, in the cave of lost souls after touching the map. And, it, and tells Kitty to rescue Perito. While inside the cave, Puss and Boos encounters crystals that represent his past lives. And, to, and then, he meets the hooded wolf again. Who, I'm just going to say this right now. This is it. This is the moment right there. Remember when I said that the the wolf was basically a bounty hunter? Well, it turns out that this wolf is actually death. Like, not metaphorically, straight up. He is the real deal. The, the white hooded wolf is actually death. Now, when I saw this for the first time, it took me a while to put the pieces together. But when this scene came up in the, in the Cave of Lost Souls... It, it it was death. It was literally death. The Grim Reaper. And I will say this. That is that is a that is a spooky reveal. Because it was hinted before that that, that the, the wolf was actually death, but I never caught on to it until this very moment when Pusaboots was in the cave while encountering his past lives. He Death reveals that he wants to obtain Puss's last life as a retribution for failing to value the previous ones. In a fit of fear, Puss hastily runs away with the map, and an an act which Kitty and Perito seem from afar. And and now Death is like, run, run, makes it more fun to watch. <laughs> Basically, Puss and Boots laughs. In the face of death, but he is scared. He is he is scared right now because he is, he is afraid to die. He doesn't want to die. Pooh doesn't want to die. He's afraid of death. So now uh, later on, uh, 
later on, uh, Goldie reveals a wish that she wants. She wants a real family, devastating the three bears, who nonetheless assures their support. Because we find I find out that the three bears actually cared for Goldilocks when they first found her sleeping in Baby Bear's bed. They really cared for they really cared for her. But somehow Goldilocks wants a real human-like family. But sometimes you gotta look into yourself that maybe. Maybe they were. Maybe the three bears who cared and supported you were actually your real family. So that's kind of like that's kind of like something, you know, because they because the three bears were actually there there for Goldilocks. The were there for Goldilocks, not only on this mission but when they first met each other. So then later on, reaching uh, reaching the star, Puss is stopped stopped by Kitty who. Who doesn't want who doesn't want Puss and Boost to wish for his lives back? And and who, who 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 and she calls him out for it because she she calls Puss and Boost a selfish kitty. Because here's the thing, like because Puss and Boost went on this mission to wish for his lives back. Because he only has one life left. And Poo- and Kitty Softballs was like was like, go ahead, go you know what? Go ahead. Make your wish. Just leave me out of it. Because it turns out, like he he, Boost cares for his li- lives more than the people that he cared about. But it turns out that he tell he tells her that death is coming for him, which is why he wants to wish for his lives back. But Jack Horner and um, Jack Horner and the three bears show up again. And also going on Jack Horner again. Jack Horner kills his baker's dozen. By the way. And he also, and he also flicked uh, Jim, Jiminy Cricket off his shoulders because Jiminy Cricket saw everything that Jack did to his baker's dozen. And then, and then with Jack Horner revealing that he once had a child, he once had a childhood, supportive parents, a good, a good work lifestyle, baking pies, useless crap like that. Yeah, that's basically what he said. And Jimmy Cricket was like, Ugh. And then Jack reveals that he wants to wish too. He wants to wish for eternal power, all the power in the world. That way he can have the power for himself and nobody else can have it. This even gets Jiminy Cricket to snap. And he was like, this is horrible. Your wish is horrible. You're horrible. You're an irredeemable monster. And then Jack Homer was like, oh, oh, what took you so long, idiot? Flicks Jiminy Cricket off his shoulders and then takes the very last member of the Baker's Dozen to the Wishing Star location. And everybody, everybody, Kitty Softpaws, Puss in Boots, Burrito, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Jack Horner, and that one Baker's Dozen uh, woman go into a what looks to be a crazy face-off that resembles the good, the bad, and the ugly the very ending of the good, the bad, the ugly, where they all square off for a final duel, and of course they all fight each other. They all fight each other. One of the bakers, one of Jack Horner's bakers, doesn't gets killed off in a star portal. Baby Bear almost meets his demise, but he's saved by uh, Goldilocks because somehow you know because Goldilocks actually cares for baby cares not only cares for Baby Bear but also her family, her bear three bears family, and I thought that was a very touching moment because it turns out that Goldilocks is actually you know something more Goldilocks is something more and then uh, Jack Horner gets sucked into uh, the the magic nanny bag and he does come back in he does come back later on for for one more fight and then at the very moment we see death who appears again and, and a fierce duel erupts between both him and Puss in Boots and it is surrounded by by fire, by the fires of hell. Like he is ready to fight this cat. He wants to finish what he started. And of course, Death gives Puss Boots his sword back, and he and he tells him to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Puss Boots tears for a moment while holding the wishing star map, and then Death was like, "What's the matter? Lies flashing before your eyes." Puss Boots. Relunks and says, "No, I'm done. I'm ready." So he drops the map. Kitty is surprised and sees Puss Boots fight Death. With Puss Boots drawing his sword, says, "Fear me if you dare." 
they both clash and they both they both clash. And I will say this: I think this final battle between Puss and Boots and Death is obviously the best fight in this film. Like it's literally the best fight because now Puss and Boots is facing his own fear. He is he is he he is afraid to he is afraid he is afraid to die. But no, he's not afraid. He's not afraid anymore. He's standing up for himself and fights his his and fights his opponent. Like. He gets the and he gets the upper hand. Pusa Boots gets the upper hand at the very end. He struggles at one point, but he literally gets the upper hand. And then, and then Pusa's like, "I know I, I can't defeat you, but I will never, but I will never stop running." Death literally stares in front of Pusa Boots, growls at him. But it turns out, it's like Death was just playing with them. He was just playing with his food because you do hear uh, Death speaking in span. Death speaking in Spanish It's like. Because he's angry at himself, talking in Spanish, and by the way, by the way, in Spanish he's saying like, "Why the hell am I playing with my food like this?" Basically, he's just playing around with Pussy Boots. He he didn't finish him off. He was just playing around with him. But I mean, I guess you could say that he did try to kill Pussy Boots, but no. At the very end of the fight, he was just playing with. He was just playing with him. So then, uh, Death accept accepts his defeat, and was, and he tells Pussy Boots to live his life. And then he also tells him to like, you know, we will we will meet again. And then Pusa Pusa was like, see. And then he was gonna like see him later. So they both know they'll see each other again. And at the end of the fight, Death walks into that port into that star fiery like portal and does a actually does does and brings in a very positive whistle vibe, knowing that like, hey, you know what? Hey, we're done. We're we're done. We're done for now, but we will see each other again soon. So basically, he accepts his defeat and delivers off in a nice, very positive like whistle music. So there, so there we go. And then at the and then Jack Horner comes out as a giant eating the eat me cookie from Alice in Wonderland. And of course, he almost wishes for he almost wish he almost got his wish. But Puss and Kitty uses the very uses a very special weapon and gives Jack Horner a Spanish splinter, or should I say? Spanish splinters! <laughs> yeah, because the Spanish splinter comes back again, but this time on Jack Horner. And, and then it turns out, uh, Puss, Kitty, Goldilocks, and the Three Bears rip the map apart with Jiminy Cricket and the Phoenix burning the last, the last piece of, of the map. And the star, and the star dissolves with Jack, with Jack, with Jack getting sucked into the star, giving a thumbs down because uh, basically it's a Terminator reference. And then his last words was like, What did I do to deserve this? What specifically? You know what you got, Jack. Jack got what he deserved. Because he killed... Because he became a murderer. He killed his men on his adventure. He didn't care for anybody. He only cared for himself. So yeah, Jack got what he deserved. So Jack Horner got what he deserved. And then at the very end, everybody decides to go on their separate paths. Goldie finally accepts being a part of the bear family while Pooch reconciles with Kitty Softpaws, promising a life together. And of course, Perito join, joins along. Jo joins along with them. Even though, even Jiminy Cricket joins with the three bears for a while. I mean, I wonder if that I wonder if that's going to last because Jimmy Cricket's brought off business ethics. Let's talk about business ethics. <laughs> Are you sure that's going to go well, Jiminy because you know, you know, because you know. <laughs> so anyway, at the end of the movie, Perito, Kitty Softpaws, and Puss and Boots steal a boat from the governor and set sail to new adventures and to reunite with some old friends. And of course, we get to hear the music theme from, from Shrek. So basically, they're going to far, far away to meet up with old friends, which is basically Shrek and Donkey. So there is a possibility that we might actually get a fifth Shrek film. Now, yes, we might actually get a fifth Shrek film. Now, I know that film is still in development for a while, but but after this film, there is a possibility we might actually get a fifth Shrek film. And of course, with uh, Chris Mel Melandandry, who is who is who is basically executive producer on both Pussy Boost the Last Wish and Shrek 5, we might actually get Shrek 5. 
We but we don't know if that's uh, if we don't know if that film is going to be in production yet. It's still in production. It's still in it's still in development. But there is a possibility that we might get a fifth Shrek film. Since we got that ending scene, there is a huge possibility that a Shrek film can happen. And there you have it, folks. That is my breakdown of Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. I say overall, it it was a fun film. Puss in Boots The Last Wish, in my opinion, wasn't the film we wished for, but it was the film we needed. Because it brought everybody back to the world of Shrek, including uh, Puss in Boots as well. As for Puss in Boots, it was nice to see Puss in Boots again, because uh, we waited almost, we waited, we waited over a decade since the very first Puss in Boots film to greenlit a sequel for for Puss in Boots because Puss in Boots 2 The Last Wish was a fun film. The animation is spectacular. It brought in brought in some Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse vibes, particularly with the action sequences. And just to remind you, there was a lot of action in that film. Most notably the fight scenes. And and of course, the the writing was very top-notch. I mean, the writing the writing was all over the place, but it was fun. The writing was good. It really knows where to where to go with the story, and I and I love it. the the act The voice acting in this film is very good as well. Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek as Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws are are still are still good. I like the the introduction of new characters like like Perito the dog. He he was fun in that film. Of course, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. They were they were definitely very good in this film. I like Florence Pugh as a, as Goldilocks. She did a very good job voicing the character, and and I hope she vo she does more voice acting in the future because that was one of her very first voice acting roles, and and she does a very good job voicing Goldilocks. The other characters, including uh, Big Jack Horner, being voiced by John Mulaney, he was he was very funny in this in this film. Now with Jack Horner. He's one of those like characters from the nursing rhymes you don't really remember as much growing up, but the 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 entire but the film turned this forgettable character from a nursing rhyme to a memorable character who turns out what he who turns out to be some somebody else, despite being this little little good boy to a big to a big giant murderer. Or a pie or a pie pastry chef to a, to a, to a crime lord, and of course and of course uh, and of course you got uh, you also got the Grim Reaper Death, who basically, in my opinion, is the best villain in this film. I know some of you are probably going to be saying that J that Big Jack Horner was the best villain in this film, but in my opinion, the the best villain in this film goes to Death himself. The Grim Reaper, the the wolf, the white wolf that Puss in Boots has to face, because this character not only appeared in about for about five minutes, but his presence was felt throughout the entire film. Because remember, part of this film was Puss in Boots. He has one life left, and he wants to wish for his for his lives back. But no, death death is in the way. Like like Puss and Boots only has one life left and he wants to avoid it. So basically, the presence of death has is felt throughout this entire film. And of course, and of course, the voice actor who plays Death does a fantastic job vo voicing this character. He d he deserves a, a lot of credit for that. And and of course, and of course, the potential the setup for the potential Shrek Five, which I know I've already mentioned, but. That ending alone really set that up. And like I said, will we get a Shrek 5? There is a high possibility after this end credits scene. And, and of course, will there ever be a Puss in Boots 3? I, I, I do not know, but, but hey, sometimes there, there's definitely open doors for Puss in Boots to return. And also a nice welcome return for DreamWorks to, to bring back something for audience to see. Well, anyway, what do you all think of this film? Did you all like Puss in Boots The Last Wish? Did you think 
it was an okay film were you uh, were you excited about this film let me know you let me know your thoughts about it and thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.